Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. We met at a party. He kept pursuing me, like love bombing me hardcore. I'm like, oh my gosh, so romantic. I was miserable while being in relationship with him, but I had already planned a wedding, planned a life, planning my future with this guy. I gotta get out. On this week's episode, we are gonna find out why she wanted to leave and how she got out of this relationship. I really feel like this episode is gonna resonate with so many people because I've heard stories like this from so many of my friends. So if you listen to the story and you relate to it or you know someone who can relate to it, definitely send it to them. And hey, if you've been enjoying this podcast so far, we always appreciate it when you leave us a five-star review. If there's a certain part of the interview you want to jump to, you can always check the episode description for timestamps. And also, if you want to check out any of my social medias, I've got them linked there too. Let's jump into the episode. It has been a hot second since I've done an intro by myself. No guests included, no Lexi, no Kennedy, no co-worker Justin. It is just me and you this time. So, you know, why don't we just jump right into the submission? So this submission says, Hey, Avi, I have been dying to know what happened to this couple I went to college with a few years back. I was kind of obsessed with them, obviously. For context, I was really involved in my college's Christian ministry. They were kind of the golden couple in this group. So my entire friend group was shocked when we found out that they broke up after they graduated. I mean, they did everything together. I never saw them apart. We all assumed, oh, okay, perfect faith-centered couple who did everything together. They're going to get married. That's how it always ends up. So I have been dying to know why their relationship ended. Can you find out why? why they broke up. So this submission really excited me because I'm a Christian. I've been involved with ministries for years. I feel like in the sitcom that is life, we all have at least one really wholesome Christian couple we've seen on social media or know personally. You know, they're usually like married and 25, have like several photos of them at golden hour in a cornfield. Very specific. So I can imagine when they break up, it's really shocking. And for those of you who aren't Christians and haven't really ever been involved in the Christian dating circle, it really is like a whole other world. And and I think just faith in general adds such an intimate and intricate layer to a relationship that's really hard to understand if you're not a part of that community. So if you're not a Christian, I feel like this is going to be a really interesting conversation to kind of find out like what are some of the messier parts of Christianity? Because truly dating in the Christian community is like a totally different world. So I hope that we'll get to hash this out a little bit in this relationship. I do want to just preface that most people in the Christian community are trying their best, but sometimes we just get it wrong. And I have a feeling that's what we're about to learn today in this relationship. So let's break down this week's breakup. Okay, so start with how you met this guy. Where did you meet him? And then what first drew you into the relationship? I had been freshly broken up with by someone else I had gone out with who I was head over heels for. The other guy was not in a place to date. It was very mutual. Like we were fine on good terms. Everything was fine. Maybe two or three weeks later, the guy who, let's call him A, his name is A, he had started pursuing me and was really interested. I was in the place where I thought, oh my gosh, so dramatic. I'm never going to love again, blah, blah, blah. Like I just need to be single until I'm 30. And then all of a sudden this guy starts pursuing me. I had no attraction to his personality, to his physical appearance. It was just, it wasn't there for me, but he just kept paying me attention. I thought, why not? Let's give it a shot. That's where things went wrong. <laughs> a was someone who I mutually knew literally three days post breakup from the other guy whose name is Jay. We met at a party. It was a club sports mix 
mixer in college. And my roommate had invited me and I was an athlete for the school I went to at the time. And she invited me to this club sports thing with all her teammates and all the other club sports there. And so we had seen each other at this kind of college ministry for athletes group. I'm a very, very social person. I went up to him. I was like, oh, hey, I think I've seen you at this group before being the social butterfly that I am. He took it as hitting on him. He kept pursuing me, like love bombing me hardcore before we even started dating. My 19 year old self is like, oh my gosh, this guy's in love with me. I don't know how I feel, blah, blah, blah. I'm talking to my friends about it. I'm talking to my mom about it. And I had ended up spending half of my spring break in college at home and half of it babysitting and house sitting back at school. And almost nobody was in town. He ended up kind of being in town at the same time as me in our college town. And we hung out, blah, blah, blah. He asked me out. I'm like, oh my gosh, so romantic. So that was kind of the gist of how things got started. Okay. So you start going out with this guy. Now talk to me a little about your relationship. Was it good? Was it bad? That was the thing. I just kind of kept fooling myself. I'm a big fan of the show Friends and later realized that he very much was the Barry to my Rachel, if I could ever be a Jennifer Aniston. (laughs) Anyway, Jennifer Aniston. Thank you. You're too kind. I was still hung up on the ex-boyfriend while dating A, really just kind of was going through the motions and it very much was a, they just seem like a great couple. Everyone just thinks they get along so well and they just seem like best friends and blah, blah, blah. And there kind of became this outside pressure. When he asked me out, I was kind of ostracized with some friend groups, like was very much in an isolated place at my life, which was a dangerous place to be in general. He just kind of started to bring me into his friend group and all my friends kind of started slowly to fade away and his friends became my friends and we did everything together. Didn't really realize at the time that it was total manipulation, like very much was controlling who I spent time with, controlling, you know, where I was, when I was going, how I was getting there, who I was with. That was my life for three and a half years. I really want to dive into the faith part of this relationship. So I'm Mm -hmm. also somebody who's in the church community and I'm a person of faith. How did your faith, your shared faith play into his subtle manipulation and deteriorating of your relationship? For reference, I'm super close with my mom in a healthy way, like Lorelai and Rory Gilmore with boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) After her sister and her mom passed, like the two, you know, major family losses, as that whole process is going down, you would think that your boyfriend of a year plus would be super supportive and really be there for you. It was, well, your family's not really as good of a Christian as you are. So they're just, they're just not going to be there for you the way that I am. So you should really just not go to them for advice anymore. You should limit how much time you spend talking to your mom on the phone because she's in a really bad place with the Lord. And she just, she's not going to give you good advice right now. I've gotten great advice from my mom all her life. Like, was she grieving her sister and her mom both passing? Yeah. Was it a really tough time? Yeah. But does that mean I should be on the outs with my mom just because she's going through a tough time as was my whole family? Absolutely not. But I couldn't see past just the cloudy vision of this kind of haze that he had on my life. It was kind of like you're driving through a really, really thick fog and you really don't know where you're going. And directing at all the relationships in my life was so difficult because I had this influence of the boyfriend at the time who was just so realizing now, so, so toxic, so manipulative. It wasn't one of those abusive hit you, scream at you kind of things. That's why it took me three and a half years to realize it was so, so small, so minute, so little. Going back to the ex-boyfriend before him, Jay, all three of us were a part of this same ministry group in Christian circles. A lot of times church people like to say protecting your purity or guarding your heart. I personally think that those are very important things, but taken out of context, that's a no-go through. Jay and I were both considered student leaders at this college athletics Christian fellowship group. And so we would have a lot of what A liked to call one-on-one time together, which was not one-on-one time. We 
we'd be sitting in a circle of 12 other college students and pastors and leaders, but A wasn't there to make sure that J was behaving properly. A needed me to control myself. Like I would not speak to J fairly minimally when A was around. Like I was not allowed to like breathe near him and A would be like clinging to my arm. And so controlling me is not protecting my purity or guarding my heart. Part of me in the moment was like, oh, he's really kind and affectionate and really sweet. And he's just a great guy. No, 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 no. A was very self-conscious that J was going to come back and try to do something about it. The reason why I stayed in the relationship for as long as I did was I had a lot of Jesus loving Christian people around me where when I was struggling in the relationship and I would try to talk to friends about it or consult people about it and everyone just kind of dismissed it. They're like, no, no, no. Like you must misunderstand. Like A is not that way. Like he's so kind. He's so loving. He's so great to you. Like you must have misunderstood him. You can only misunderstand someone so many times before you realize maybe I'm not the one who's misunderstanding. Maybe everyone else just think because of this facade and this image that he put up that he's this perfect, pristine Christian little boy. There's so many behaviors that are normalized in church circles where guys and girls, but a lot of times guys can act in certain ways. And it's just expected that Christian women put up with that behavior because like, it's almost the, oh, the boys will be boys. No, we all live by the same written manuscript of God's word. We all read the same Bible. Your rules are not different than my rules just because God made me into a woman and you into a man. Oh, my favorite. I had a pastor tell me one time, she was a female, married, very wise, strong woman, appreciated a lot of her counsel in my life. I was coming to the point where I was like, he and I were talking about marriage. I was not attracted to him in any way, shape or form. And I was trying to work through that, which sounded so superficial to me. And so I shared this in confidence with this pastor. And she goes, that sounds pretty emotionally insecure of you. I would pray that you would just be more attracted to him. <laughs> Looking back, if just it's pray laughable. it away. Pray it away. Pray it away. Right? And I've told that to other people. And they literally, like you, their reaction was laughing. Like, who says that? And granted, there's, you know, like the very superficial, like he must be this height. He must be this. He must need that. Like, no, I was not in that place at all. Someone's advice was like, pray it out. I was like, okay, yes. Like prayer works. Mm. I believe in the power of prayer. But you can't force a relationship to work when someone isn't even attracted to that person. That's just a glorified friendship. And if you got married and moved in together, that's a glorified roommate. Like that's not. That's one of the things that frustrates (laughs) me so much about that thinking is because as someone who's a Christian and believes that God created Mm -hmm. attraction. And so why would he tell you to be with someone that you don't feel like that? It doesn't make sense to me, especially when you hear like, I've seen a lot of Christian YouTubers like girl defined. There was that meme going around where she was like, I'm not attracted to him, but I'm going for it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen that? I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) There are some that there are some YouTubers and influencers that I think have a better grasp on it. They're like, don't marry someone you're not attracted to. But there's a difference between not being attracted to someone and them not checking everything off their list. Like it's it's a huge difference. 100% agree. I want to touch back on something you said earlier for people who don't run in Christian circles and may be unfamiliar Mm. with with gender role manipulation is what I consider this to be. Throwing scripture in your face and um, talking about how the man is supposed to be the head of the household. Can you talk about some of those specific examples of things he would do that you felt like he was using your faith to, I don't want to say belittle you, but put you in little. Absolutely. It wasn't always like scripture thrown in my face, but it was always the, well, that's not very Christ-like. I don't think you should do that. It was very much gender role type of belittlement where it's like, I'm the man, I should be leading, you should be listening. And when you speak up, that's not okay. But that was what his underlying message was. But it was so confusing to me because he would say, I love that you're a strong, independent woman. You're like so-and-so from the Bible. I think that's so wonderful. Like, I 
love that about you. So I would get these mixed messages where he's telling me either I'm a horrible person and I'm not a good enough Christian, or he loves that I'm a strong and independent woman who lives life at her own pace. I could never win. Definitely that idea of like gender role belittlement. There's the man who is, he's in charge, large and in charge, and then there's the woman and she shouldn't have an opinion and she shouldn't speak. There's a lot of debate in Christian circles, I would say, of what that looks like. It is 2022 people. There are countless women in Jesus's ministry. He would minister to them because guess what? Jesus loves women too. It sounds like such a crazy thing to say where that that's necessary to say like, but if that's really what everyone believed, then why are there still men in church circles behaving this way? And I just, I really don't think that a lot of women know what that kind of manipulation and belittlement really looks like. I really want to be a content creator. He would say, you shouldn't wear that. And that's not very modest of you to be posting a picture in that. I can't believe you would wear that in public to take photos in and then post them. Mm -hmm. That's not setting a good example for other Christian girls. Perfect example of Mm -hmm. how they're like, oh, well, you should be dressing modest. XYZ says an an XYZ verse, but it's really just a cover up for his insecurity. Yes. And the funny thing is, is that there's a facet to that. It's the, like you said, the cover up to his insecurity, but then behind closed doors, he wants you to dress a certain way for his eyes only. Mm. Behind closed doors, can you wear that one? Like, I really like the way you look in that one, but don't wear it until we get home. Like you wear this for the date, but don't wear that, change into that when we get home. Home being like his apartment or my apartment that we did not live together. Very, very hypocritical. And it was the constant front for we're the perfect Christian couple, but behind closed doors, it was constantly pushing boundaries and constantly asking me to do things I really wasn't comfortable doing. You know, like I'm someone as a Christian, like I don't want to have sex before I'm married. And he said the same thing, but his actions did not line up with his word. He had an expectation or he had a desire. I I don't even know how to say this comfortably, but just he would expect things that I was not comfortable with, but then there was never any reciprocation of those same things. If you get what I'm saying. I feel like there's two types of people in the world. The people that get super excited when the temps hit the 80s and the people who are like, holy crap, it's bathing suit weather and I do not feel my best. The warmer it is, the more dialed in I feel like I need to be with my nutrition. But I got to be honest with you. I hate cooking. Do I cook for myself and feel great? Or do I get takeout and eat a bunch of crap that's just honestly expensive and not that great for you? That's why I really enjoyed trying out Factor. Factor is a meal service that requires no prep. All you got to do is heat them up in the microwave for like two minutes and they're chef crafted. So they're actually designed to meet your nutrition goals. Whether you're trying to watch your calories, get more protein in or follow a keto diet. There are 35 different meals and 60 add-ons to choose from with breakfast, lunches, dinners, and even desserts. Head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while you're subscribed is active. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are ravenous, you are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything. And then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 30 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 
50% off. That's code BREAKUP50 at factormeals.com slash BREAKUP50 to get 50% off. Yes. In Christian circles, like men are supposed to lead and that that's not mean. Oh, hey, by the way, walk around with your shirt off when you're at my apartment alone, but wear a super modest shirt when my guy friends are over. That's not okay. Like that's not okay in any circle or any situation, in my opinion. It does not respect women. It does not honor supposedly the person that you love's heart. What led up to you making that decision of like, okay, I finally need to let this dude go. I was living at home at the time. I think it was my brother who mentioned something. He was like, it had nothing to do with a boyfriend. And he was like, hey, I know things are kind of tough right now. Are you okay? You just don't seem like you're happy, cheery, super outgoing self right now. Like, is everything okay? Him saying that really triggered my brain to realize what is the only thing in my life that continues to be a problem where I'm still in this place of emotional exhaustion all the time. It was the boyfriend. And so as the problems continued, and granted, I'd been thinking in the back of my mind, am I really attracted to this guy? Do I really want to marry this guy for a long, long time? But nobody else knew about it. We dated three and a half years. Two of those years towards the end, I was doubtful of the relationship. The first year, I was still hung up on the other guy. Pretty much, I had already planned a wedding, planned a life, planning my future with this guy without ever being attracted to him. I think what really kicked it in was my brother saying that and then me just being hyper aware through all the things that I learned through therapy, what emotional manipulation looks like. My therapist never really said like, oh, he's emotionally manipulating you. You've experienced this in your life in a lot of areas. I want you to recognize behaviors. And so she starts teaching me the patterns of behavior to notice. And I start noticing them and I start picking up on them. I start fighting back for myself. And then it just kept getting worse. He was standing up against me. He was so defensive. All of our conversations were just awful. So it got to the point where I just kind of decided, I don't think this is going to work out. Sure enough, three weeks later, I need to break up with him. And it was realizing that like he changed me and like my personality was different when I was managing him and when I was having to put up with him and having to be all these different roles, which no human can be. Like I was basically like his savior. I should not, especially for someone who considers themselves a Christian, I should not be the saving grace in your life. Jesus should be the saving grace in your life. I should not be your therapist and your mommy and your coach and your this and your that. Like it was a very, very unhealthy dynamic where I was putting so much undue pressure on myself to make him happy and healthy and normal. I couldn't. At first, I felt like I failed. Then I realized, no, 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 that's not my job. It's not my job to provide the saving grace for his life, provide salvation from everything else in his life. Like Only God can do that. And he, without saying it, because he never say it, his actions really led me to believe that he prioritized me and glorified and worshiped me over worshiping Jesus based on his behavior. Simply that. Because he would never say that, of course, because that would be being a bad Christian. No, no. Yeah. Once that clicked for me, realizing this is what manipulation looks like. You are being manipulated and your life is miserable. That's kind of what led me to break up with him. I'm assuming when you actually broke up with him, it didn't go well. Can you talk to me about that conversation? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So it was in mid-September. I had known for several weeks that I was going to break up with him. And so they were like, the conversations were like very brief, very few, far between. Usually we would talk for like an hour or more a day. And it was like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. Like I was making excuses. I was trying to delay. I waited until after his birthday to break up with him. I was like, we're long distance. Friends aren't in town. I can wait till after his birthday. So I waited till like a week after his birthday, drove in my car to like cute little park by my house. And I told him, hey, I need to talk to you about something important. I was very distraught, obviously, because I felt like I invested so much time in my life. I felt like I had wasted so much time. And so that was what I was most upset about, like that I had dealt with all of this crap and wasted so much time on something that was just going to be a dead end. And granted, I learned a lot. So it wasn't a waste of time. It was just a lot of lessons learned the hard way. But that conversation really just went like, A, I need to have an important conversation with you. Things have not been going well lately. I am no longer feeling the in love feelings like 
like I did before and I no longer want to continue in this relationship, this is over. And something along those lines. Basically, that's all I said. And like, I had to keep repeating myself over and over because like he was in this point of disbelief because he's like, I'm engagement ring shopping. I can't believe you're doing this to me. Why would you do this to me? This can't be happening. I'm in a drink, blah, blah, blah. So he was very, 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 very distraught because something he worked so hard to build up in his life and control because he was like, I found one who said she wants me. She's not. He's totally out of control, feeling like his life is falling apart. So it was basically two hours of him just like screaming and crying on the phone. And I just had to keep saying the same thing. I was like, I'm sorry. I no longer am in the in love feeling anymore. I am not in love with you. This needs to be over. It was a two hour conversation of him just like not getting it. There was a little bit of pestering after the breakup. There was a rumor mill going through our friend group that he was going to convince me that he could get back together with me. And that really did it for me. It was like, absolutely not. Because I was trying for the sake of our friend group to salvage a friendship. I was trying. My good family friend who's, you know, kind of counseled me through the breakup conversation basically said, I don't think you can be friends. He texted me happy birthday a few months ago. And that's it. I haven't heard from him since. Can I take a wild guess? When you said that you weren't feeling the in love feelings, did he try to be like, well, love is not about that feelings? Did he ever come back with that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's like, it's not about being, feeling it's love. It's about being in love. And I said, I am no longer being in love. <laughs> I do not consent to being in love with you. <laughs> So basically, and it was every conversation it was exactly like that. I did have like another kind of hour or so long conversation with him, maybe two or three weeks post breakup. He was talking about how like horrible the breakup was for him and how awful he'd been feeling. And I was like, that's how I've been feeling for the past 18 months. He goes, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And so I think really, I hope he finally learned that all the crap that he was doing to me and the way he treated me is not okay. Who knows? He could just turn around and do this to someone else. I hope not. I hope that he turns around and has a better outlook on life and learns a lot of lessons and realizes that he had something and he ruined it. What kind of advice did you get when he was pestering you, trying to convince you to be in a relationship with him? What kind of things were really helpful in terms of just like getting him to finally shut up? <laughs> um, let me just say from my very much who I consider, I joke about this with her. My best friend, she is very much your goody two shoes, like doesn't drink, doesn't curse, does nothing. But there was a lot of expletives in her advice. <laughs> he goes, no effing this, no effing way you are not absolutely not you need to cut ties which I did I had to and it was obviously one of those like I'm sticking up for my best friend type phone call my best friend and my mom and my the pastor lady I was talking about who helped me through the breakup those were the three people that I really relied on for advice post breakup I just had this stubborn resiliency where I was like I'm gonna make it work I'm gonna make it work I'm not going to give up on something that I want because what I wanted was a healthy relationship that led to marriage with someone who wants to have kids and who has the same life goals as me but what he wanted was a weak, subdued woman who would do what he would say, who wanted to be married and have kids one day and do what he said and go where he wanted to go. But put up a front by saying, I love that you're a strong, independent woman. That's amazing about you. Did you feel like you had to hang on to him because you worried you wouldn't find it again? Oh, absolutely. I remember vividly like a year into the relationship with A, my mom and I kind of had a blow up conversation where I was extremely hurt by the breakup with previous boyfriend Jay, which by the way, that was like a three month long relationship. I jumped in head over heels. He was, was 60. First- I'd be upset too. <laughs> 
it was my first real relationship. I had only ever gone on a few dates before. I was in the place still where I hadn't healed from the hurt of the previous relationship. I remember this conversation vividly because I was like, I can't go through that again. She goes, so you're going to stay with him so that you don't get hurt? And then I realized like, no, 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 mom, that's not what I said, blah, blah, blah. And it went back to the conversation. But looking back, no, I didn't want to get hurt. I wanted to avoid rejection and I wanted to avoid the fear of not quote unquote finding your person. People get married when they're 30, 35. You'll be okay. If that's God's plan for you and that's your person of faith, you believe that, you'll be okay. It is much better to be single and content than it is to be miserable and married. I'm just thanking the Lord that I am not miserable and married. (laughs) What would you tell somebody who can see themselves in your shoes now that they're broken Mm, up? Either if they're broken up with this kind of, you know, manipulative figure in their life, I would say do not live alone in that. I kept everything along those lines a secret. I didn't talk about that happening until post breakup several weeks or months later because it was a point of shame for me. It felt like super shameful and that I was the one, I shouldn't have put myself in that scenario. I shouldn't have wore that. I shouldn't have done this. And it was not me. It was not me. It was someone else. So if I was talking to someone who is in my shoes, whether they have broken up with this person or not, open up to someone you trust about those tricky scenarios. When you let someone else who you trust, maybe don't go to a stranger about this. That might be a little bit of an uncomfortable situation for them. Talk to someone you really, really trust and say, this is what's going on with me and -and so-and-so. Like we've been having problems. He's asking for this. I don't feel comfortable because if I told this all to my best friend, the very person, that first person that I told when this was going down and she goes, I'd go to his home and beat his behind because that is not okay. As soon as I opened up to a trusted friend about it, Mm. I realized how crazy it was and how manipulated I was. There was so many things I felt like I couldn't tell people because, well, we're all in the same friend group and I don't want our friends to have a weird opinion of him or I don't want my mom to have a bad opinion of him because what if we do get married someday? And it's like, if you're in the position where you feel like you're having a problem in your relationship, you cannot speak to a trusted friend, counselor or pastor or whoever, like someone who you trust, who you believe has wise advice to share. If you don't feel comfortable sharing it, you know something's wrong. Oh, well, I'm so glad you're finally out of that relationship. I was listening to it. I'm like, I'm exhausted thinking about having to do that constantly with this man that I'm not even attracted to. Are you kidding? I'm like, if if he was six, eight, okay, cool. I could have done like maybe four years of that. (laughs) Let me get Jay's number real quick. So is there anything else that I haven't touched on or we haven't talked about that you think is important to add to this or just any last words you want to tell the people? There's very much this kind of societal standard of girls don't settle, chase after your dreams, but really don't settle because I consider myself someone who has very high standards. I know what I want in my life and I know what my goals are and I know what I want my future to look like. When it would look like settling, it was just so confusing for me because I thought, oh, well, he's a Christian and he wants to be married and he wants to have a family. But those three things are not the same thing as being a compatible, healthy partnership and relationship that leads towards marriage. So my parting words and final advice is truly know who you are before getting into or considering a serious relationship that moves possibly towards a lifelong marriage. Because if you don't know who you are, you're going to get lost. And even if you do know who you are, don't settle for something that you don't have the set strong feeling of, I know this is right for me because I convinced myself that that was right for me. But deep down, I really knew. And my very last, don't allow yourself to get
get into a situation where you're isolated. Because when you bring your relationship problems to a trusted friend, a trusted counselor, someone wise, not in the, I'm going to gossip about my boyfriend, you know, not picking his clothes up off the floor of his apartment when I come over, but the, I'm seriously worried about the future of this relationship type conversation. When you're able to bring those serious concerns to a trusted wise friend or counselor or advisor, there is so much liberty and freedom in that because when other people are starting to be exposed Mm -hmm. to really what the bull crap is, they can speak into your life and tell you, hey, what so-and-so is doing to you is not okay. That's not acceptable behavior. You need to stand up for yourself because when it's two people in a relationship, if they're not advocating for you, you have to advocate for yourself. Amen to that. That's great advice. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Many people are going to get so, so much out of that. I am so glad that I was able to come on and share my story. I really, my hope is that even though it doesn't seem like the experiences that I went through could be quote unquote as bad as some other really horrible and abusive situations, any level of misconduct is not okay. I wanted to empower other girls to be able to stand up for themselves in those kind of situations. So I hope my story helps someone, at least one person. Okay. Anybody else feel like they need to send this episode to their friend in a toxic relationship? Because all week I've been fighting the urge not to send this file to one of my friends. Like you sound exactly like her. Take her advice and run. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for listening to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed it, we always appreciate it when you leave us a five-star review. Also, little heads up, this week's mini episode is going to continue the conversation about how faith factors into relationships. We are going to expand the conversation on our own personal experiences from some of my friends' experiences. The trailer for next week's episode is up now. I'm really excited to put it out because it's actually with an author that I found on TikTok. I saw her story. She gave like a little snippet on a video and I was like, you need to come on my podcast. It's really good. Other than that, you can listen to my breakup playlist on my Spotify. I've got it linked in the episode description and I will see you on Thursday or on Tuesday whenever you decide to tune in.